Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today I have a great guest on because, you know, there's something very important, I think, that I, as a accounting and a finance person, that I tell all of my clients that I'm working with, whether you're a small business or a large business, is, you know, the finances for your business and the finance for your personal life are two separate things. And you have to have a plan from just like you have a plan for your business's finances, you want to have a plan for your personal finance as well. So I wanted to bring on Stephen Hughes, you know, the founder and the CEO of No Money Inc. to talk about, you know, the great things that he's doing with No Money Inc. and to talk about, you know, his perspective and the advice that he gives in that area. So welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. My pleasure. Now, before we jump into into No Money Inc. I mean, tell us a little bit, what was your background before No Money Inc? Uh, so my background, I was actually uh, studying human resource management when I was in college. And uh, it, it became, my, became my senior year or my second senior year, I should say, because you usually want to get that extra football season in. But um, my, so my second senior year, I started looking around for jobs. And as I was applying to more human resource jobs, I realized that that's not the industry that I wanted to work in. And I also had experience doing sales while I was in school. I had two internships that were actually directly into sales. And so uh, as I started interviewing more, um, I decided that, okay, well, maybe sales is a good idea for me. And I had five job offers in 2010. Um, but at the same time, I had failed the class that I needed to pass to graduate. So I just dropped out of college. I jumped into to the working world. But um, really before that, like uh, I, re I started realizing the financial mistakes or really the financial experiences that I was facing at that time. Um, and so I'm a first generation Jamaican American. Both of my parents are from Jamaica. And um, in Jamaica, like education is a big deal, right? Just like any other immigrant uh, parent that you will hear from. Um, but my parents always made it a point to let us know, like, education is free in the United States. And, you know, we should study and do the best that we can because of that. Because in Jamaica, you know, if you don't get a scholarship to go to high school or you don't have money to pay for high school, then you're going to have to pick up something, you know. And so my dad, he's been an electrician since he was 12 years old, you know, reaching uh, landings and roofs and, do and fixing wires. And so... As I knew education was a big deal in our household, um, financial education really wasn't that big of a deal in our household. It wasn't something we talked about often. And I don't fault my parents for that because they could only teach me what they knew. But, um, you know, it was eight of us in a three bedroom house, sometimes 10, depending on who was here from Jamaica. And, you know, every now and then we had some challenges when it came to paying the bills and keeping the utilities on. And so because we never talked about money, um, I really took those experiences with me to college and I made every money mistake possible. I had seven maxed out credit cards. Um, I had overdraft fees to the point that closed all of my bank accounts, told me to ease on down the road. Uh, I had two repossessions because one wasn't enough, of course. Uh, I, had, I got evicted um, and I was like couch surfing a little bit to the point where my, land, my best friend's landlord was like, yo, if he stays here anymore, you're getting evicted. So it was all these things that I was facing financially and um, even pulling my credit and starting to look at that, my credit score was under 400 and I didn't even know it could go that low. And so, you know, um, really facing like financial rock bottom 
when I went through all those things, uh, I had somebody in my life who told me that I should start reading a book that could kind of show me where I needed to go. Uh, the book that he recommended was The Richest Man in Babylon. And at the time, it, it shaped a lot of the ways that I, I could think about the mistakes that I'd made, because in the book, there's a character who's just making mistake after mistake when it comes to managing his money, just like most of us are. And, um, and that became something that he learned from every single, there's a lesson in every um, mistake that he made. And so uh, I, I started realizing and turning my financial life around when it came to just understanding what I did wrong and owning up to it and, and then moving from there. And then I started sharing like how I was fixing these mistakes because I realized there were, there were a lot of people our age who either one made the same mistakes and they wanted to avoid them at all costs as far as like never making them again, but they also wanted to fix them. And then there were two of the other people who just never made the mistake and they never wanted to make it. Right. And so as I shared my stories about what I did financially uh, wrong and then what I was doing to, to turn it around, um, there were a lot more people who were you know, coming to these conversations or asking me more money questions. And I remember I started my organization in 2014, uh, No Money, it spells K-N-O-W. And I, when we started it, it was really to think about like reserving bigger spaces because there, you know, there were but so big spaces you could reserve as an individual in the community. And from there, just having a couple of community events where you know we hosted a, a documentary viewing party and then had a, a talk back with uh, some financial professionals from the community. Um, then we started creating curriculum because I realized that some of the mistakes that I had made were after I'd went to uh, like some of these free, have you ever been to like a free workshop from a bank? Like Bank um, of America, Wells Fargo, like I've never been to one. Like I've heard volunteer. about them before, but I've never been myself. Okay, so um, so I, I I went to some of these workshops when I was younger, but nothing was really sticking with me, right? And uh, and even the things that they were mentioning, everything was just being said, and it was kind of lost after we left that space. And I remember even after I left college, um, there was a workshop that was. Uh, it was marketed as a financial education workshop. And like when we were in there, they were talking about HELOC mortgages. So things were just flying over my head because at the time I didn't really understand what a regular mortgage was. And so I think I, I saw a gap in financial education where some things were too basic, but they, I mean, things are basic, but they weren't, um, weren't things that people could take action on. And then other information was just over people's heads and wasn't really, you know, meeting people where they were. And um, so when we started creating financial education curriculum at No Money, uh, it was to, mar to marry like the experiences that I had that were negative and getting back on track, uh, but also with the thought of, you know, how people think and what we've experienced as uh, adults now and then children when we were younger, uh, as far as how that plays out in our money lives. Um, and then also thinking about all the things we've heard and internalize, you know, to this point and, and building from there so that we can, you know, take action and, and not have to worry about um, seeing a cycle of, of financial miseducation or illiteracy. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I think is interesting, you know, is, you know, when you're going through that process of, you know, owning up to the mistakes that you make, because one of the things I run into with some people, especially with business owners that have made, you know, financial decisions that weren't the greatest um, was how did you deal with that? I guess with the, the not 
condemning yourself or not beating yourself up for the mistake and really being able to switch gears into, hey, now what can I do about it? I've already made the decision, but what can I do about it going forward? Well, I don't want it to sound like I didn't beat myself up because I did. <laughs> so when I was making the mistakes in real time, like I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I, you know, I made this mistake, whether it was, you know, missed a, a credit card payment or didn't communicate with my creditor for my car to let them know like, hey, this payment's going to be late. So it wouldn't be repossessed or um, just the different things that I was doing with my money, like as far as spending it. Right. And so I think I definitely beat myself up about it. I don't want it to sound like I didn't, but after I beat myself up about it enough, uh, I got to the point where I, I saw enough like that things could be different. Um, that and I knew a couple of people in my life that things were different. They, they didn't have the same financial experiences I had, and so um, that's what really kind of helped me. You start turning things around, and it was this is twenty twenty. So uh, it was like seven years ago, right? I was working a desk job. It was after um, I'd left my my first sales job, or really I got fired uh, from my first sales job. And I think that when I was sitting at that desk job. I started listening to like motivational speeches every single day from Les Brown, from Jim Rohn, from all of these different people, right? And uh, just to recondition and retrain my mind, because one thing that I talk to people often when we're talking to black college students about, you know, building their their real legacy of financial literacy is that it starts with your mindset how you think about money. And we start breaking down some of the money myths that we've heard, like money is the root of all evil. And so I think back, like even before I started the company, just to get myself together, like I had to start retraining my mind. And, you know, when it comes to finances, um, whether it's personal or business finances, it, that's like the first thing that you, the, the first hurdle you have to jump over, right? Whether it's making money and getting over the hurdle of charging people or managing your money personally to hit your financial goals. Um, and even setting those financial goals. I think all of those like came to a head when I was really, you know, cranking up and getting started. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm always interested in that, you know, that, that part of that process, because it's one thing to do something because you have a passion to do it and you enjoy doing it. But when you start to like build an organization around it, I mean, when you start to put a little bit more formality around it, you know, what was that process like for you? Yeah, I, well, the first thing that I did was uh, I wanted to get more experience in the financial education space. So I, the first thing I started was I, I was volunteering for a nonprofit um, here in Columbia, South Carolina. And as I was teaching financial education classes to uh, students in middle and high school levels, um, I, I just kept thinking about all the money mistakes I made when I was in college and the people around me who did the same. And so it's like, when you, something that we don't talk about enough is the financial responsibility that you get when you become a college student, right? Or the financial responsibility that's put on your shoulders because three months before you hit college campus, you had to raise your hand to go to the bathroom. And now you can sign for tens of thousands of dollars of loans, right? And so I, I thought about like all of the, all of the things that you could do wrong when you got on a college campus and how people aren't catching us before those mistakes happen. And so I remember I went to the organization and I was asking like, hey, what is the, does the projects or programs look like for college students? And they, they said that they didn't really have anything that they focused on. 
And so it wasn't until I realized there wasn't, you know, things that were related to college students that were actionable, that made people take action when it came to changing the way they manage their money. That's when I started to create my own organization because I didn't want to start something that was already out there. And I knew if I had a similar mission that other people had in the financial education space, I didn't want to splinter resources in that regard. But I, I realized that no money was really serving um, college students when it came to financial education that met them. And it was customized for like our community as far as black college students that whether you're on a, uh, an HBCU campus or uh, a, a tech college campus or a community college campus or a PWI, like you have had some, we've had some shared experiences that go into how we think about money or how we feel about money. And I think that knowing that that was the gap that I needed, I needed to fill up until now, um, that was the big thing about, you know, not uh, staying at that financial education nonprofit that I was volunteering for and doing something different. And when I first started No Money, I'll tell you that we, we started doing financial education for a bunch of places, like not just college colleges and college students, but we were doing financial education for middle school and high school and nonprofits. And uh, even the Salvation Army is like one of my favorite workshops we've done because it was with all of the seniors and uh, they loved the class. It was, it was super active as well. But um, I think that when we really niche down and focused on who like who I really wanted to serve and who the organization can really benefit um, at this point. Uh, and that's really focusing on black college students now. And so that's our focus going forward. And that happens in business, right? You you start and you, you think that you're serving one um, demographic or target market and you may pivot. And so um, I don't know if I've pivoted more so than narrowing down our focus. But um, that, that's a, a big thing that we've done as the, you know, as no money has gotten older, you know, uh, six years old now. So about to be in, in elementary school heavy, you know, so uh, I'm loving the direction at this point. Also, I think that's a very valuable point because, you know, it's something that I think all entrepreneurs kind of, you know, whether you're doing a for-profit business or you're doing a for-profit business is like really getting clear on who your target audience is. Because I think that's one of the things that, you know, even in myself, you know, I struggled with, with, you know, my consulting that I did, even with the podcasting is just like figuring out like, hey, who is your audience? Because you don't want to leave anybody out. But I think like you said, you, you start to crystallize and figure out, you know what, I'm the best fit for the, for this demographic. Like this is the demographic I'm the best fit for. So when you think about, you know, your demographic, um, you know, when, they, when they're reaching out to you to figure out, hey, you know, what is it that no money has to offer through whether it's services or products? Um, what are the, what is the experience going to be like for them? Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's, a, that's a great question. I think that, um, the big thing that we wanted to do for No Money is to create an experience where people, um, where we set a foundation for truth telling and people could say like, you know, I, I have had this problem with money or I have had this problem with managing my money or, you know, I've been getting in my, in my way on finding the opportunity that works for me or I need help with that. Uh, and so I think uh, that was the big thing when we started doing events. So like, part of how we started were community events. And uh, before the pandemic, we were still doing four events a year that weren't targeted for college students, but they were specifically for the community. Uh, one was a, a vision board party. 
and financial seminar together called Boards and Bank. Um, and that'd be at the top of the year. And then we'd also have a, an event called Perfect Sense uh, that really helps uh, or really talks about your mind and your money. We bring, we bring in a therapist in the past and we're gonna, we're gonna uh, modify these events for like virtual engagement, of course. But um, you know, the first thing that we did, we, we started with community events. Uh, then as far as serving our target market, especially on the college and university side of things, because more institutions are thinking about how they can educate their students when it comes to financial education. Like no one wants uh, to, for, for students, or I won't say no one, but I don't want students to take on student loan debt, not knowing what a payment feeling looks like when you leave the campus or having ideas on how you can fund your college education without taking on student loan debt, right? And so I think we, as we wanted to get that information out, the best way that we have found is doing workshops and really doing a high engaging facilitation in these workshops. So um, they're high energy, like so we always play games. We always um, are focused on helping people uh, take action right there in the workshops. When whether it's, you know, helping college students think about mapping out their top three financial goals and them also recognizing they've never taken conscious or specific time to say, I'm gonna, this is exactly what I wanna happen in the next one, two or five years. Or if it's um, how to build a business, you know, we have a youth entrepreneurship masterclass that we do. And so the, the other thing that we do outside of community events and workshops that have now moved virtual um, is that we have uh, eBooks that we've used for, to kind of extend the lesson, right? Because maybe we can only be in front of you for an hour and a half, two hours, but um, there's so many other questions that you may have that's connected to this specific money topic. Like, okay, you set your financial goals. Well, where do you go from here? Or what's the next step? Or after you hit these goals, um, how do you set more goals? Like, what's the next step to that? And so um, those are the three things that we've really focused on, community events, workshops, and um, content as far as eBooks. But uh, this year, we're really cranked up. We're really cranking up our social media presence as far as how we serve students because you know, I know that uh, content is consumed on all of these platforms and uh, that's, they're turning into educational platforms. Like if, if you're on Instagram, depending on who you follow, you may get uh, an online MBA out here. And so um, another thing that we're, we've done, uh, we our inaugural bankroll summit, it was a one day money conference for college students. And we started that in 2019. Uh, we took the year off in 2020 with the pandemic, but this year in 2021, we're definitely going to make it a virtual experience and bring more colleges to the, the table. Um, we started with mostly covering the state of South Carolina, but we're moving across the Southeast to get more, more people involved and get speakers from uh, far and wide who can help college, black college students break up with broke and really find their, their niche on what they want to do that's you know coupled with their profession when it comes to making money outside of their full-time job um, and so i'm excited to see like what what things that our college students tell us they need that we can continue to provide for them in regards of financial education and resources i think that's awesome and i think for the university i mean there's a lot of value for them in the respect that you know for most universities, I mean, they, they survive based off of the charitable giving of their alumni. And, you know, if your students are going to your school and they're getting into financial trouble while they're a student, they're not going to have the resources to support the university when they graduate. 
And they're also not going to have, like I said, th that essential skill set that you guys are teaching, which is how to handle your money, which I think is fundamental to every aspect of your life. I mean, after you get out of school. So I think what you guys are doing is great. So where can people find you guys online and where can they follow you on social media? Uh, yeah, so they can find us online at nomoney.org. That's K-N-O-W-M-O-N-E-Y.org. Uh, and they can find us on all social media platforms at No Money Inc. So that's K-N-O-W-M-O-N-E-Y-I-N-C. Uh, we're mostly active on Instagram, but you can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. And um, if you know people are looking for me, they can find me at No Money Steve. That's K-N-O-W-M-O-N-E-Y-S-T-E-V-E. Awesome. Awesome. Now, also, one of the questions that I like to ask, you know, every guest is, I mean, when you think about, you know, the organization that you developed and, and, and being mission driven, um, you know, usually I would ask, you know, what's two pieces of advice you have for other entrepreneurs, but I think I want to adjust it based on, you know, some of the feedback you've given. It's like, you know, if someone's interested in starting a mission based organization, you know, what's based on your experience, what's two pieces of advice you would share with them about that? Uh, so the first piece of advice that I would share is to uh, go get experience. So I think some people who they see a gap in a, a community need and they say, oh, I'm going to go ahead and, and jump in and find, figure this out. Um, don't feel bad about going and volunteering for another organization or even working for another organization that could pop they could possibly partner with you to solve this problem in your community. So if we're talking about uh, community-based organizations, nonprofits, uh, that's the number one thing that I would say, because I think that sometimes uh, there are organizations that are splintering resources that I mentioned earlier, that um, if people collaborated more and just decided like, hey, we have the same mission, we're gonna do this together, uh, we would see you know, things rolling a little bit faster when it comes to um, progress. And the second thing that I'll mention as far as uh, starting a, a service-based uh, community organization um, is to take count of the people who mentioned to you that they want to help. People who are bought into your mission and who you know, may be a volunteer, they may be a board member, they may be a donor, um, they may be somebody who just evangelizes about your mission and helps people find you that need your resources. And so I think that when I first started, I, I was terrible at that. I, people would say, hey, I want to help. Keep me posted. And I'd say, oh, awesome. Thanks. I will. And that would be the last conversation we had about that. And so uh, now I'm, I'm better about, you know, for people who reach out to me and say, hey, I want to help. Let me know how I can do it. I have three things that you can do. You can give. You can tell me if you're interested in being a facilitator and you want to volunteer or be a facilitator for us in some situations and get paid. Um, or you can help us get connected to more colleges and universities, like what makes the most sense for you right now? Um, and then in all three of those cases, you can always donate. And so um, that was something that I didn't, uh, I wasn't, I didn't do well on telling people how they could help our organization achieve our mission. And so, you know, when you're starting out your service-based business or your service-based organization, uh, be clear on how other people can help you reach the mission because you can't do it by yourself. It's, it's not possible. Um, and and those are the two things that will, you know, make a, a solid foundation, especially when you're starting up. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing a little bit more about your journey, the organization, um, as well as the mission. I mean, and I think what the last point you shared was a great one about how can people get in, you know, how can people help? And so what I'll do is a, the one last question is, you know, how can people help No Money, Inc.? Yeah, um, so great question. I think that people can help us by connecting us with colleges and universities that uh, want to help their black college students increase their financial education and really um, and really like their whole financial wellness. And I, when I say wellness, I mean like the healthy decisions that someone can make in all aspects of their life. And we know that money touches every single part. Um, the two times that I'm not myself is when I'm when I'm broke and when I'm hungry. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm not smiling. I'm not laughing. I'm not meeting people like that. But I think that uh, even just saying that jokingly, I think when we're um, when we know how to manage our resources, take care of our families and friends, um, that is a huge lift off your shoulders. You can start focusing on the other things in your life. Um, and so uh, I, I feel like I don't even remember your, what your question is now that I'm uh, I feel like I'm rambling now, but um I know, I know that I wanted to uh, mention that, like, as we were talking and having this conversation, because something that's, like, top of mind right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the question was, how can people help and get involved with No Money, Inc.? Perfect. Uh, so, so, clearly answering, how can people get involved and help No Money, Inc.? Uh, you guys can go to our website. It's nomoney.org. It's K-N-O-W-M-O-N-E-Y.org. Uh, you can donate. There and you can also uh, send us, drop us a note and say that you are either working at a college or university, or you know someone at a college or university that would love to bring no money to their campus to help their black college students start or continue their financial education journey. Um, and you know, if you're interested in volunteering or becoming a facilitator, like you're a financial professional, and you want to learn how to better share your stories and experiences with the with our college students, like in our community. Uh, so that they can understand how money works or how money pitfalls um, have been experienced and fixed, uh, reach out to us because we're always looking for facilitators, um, whether that is especially virtual right now, but in the future, I feel like we're going to return back to campuses and we want to be able to accommodate schools that we're, gonna, we're that we're working with across the country. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the Business Talk Library is the place where business makes sense.